Hello, Tom. Uh, I've noticed that you are limping today. That's um, that's really quite unexpected since uh, I'm two and a half miles away from you and uh, we don't have our cameras on. Yeah, okay, so... I'm just trying to use this as a way in to start the podcast because you said that you had uh, muscle pain. I do, yes, yes. I played yeah. football last night, Stuart, because I'm so macho. Wow, that's very macho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, very macho, yeah. macho man. I believe there's a song about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, today I am, I ache. I ache. It is, it's, it's sore going up stairs and things. I, I believe what I have is called uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, which is DOMS. Caused by yeah, I've heard of that. DOMS. Yes, DOMS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and today we're going to be talking about exercise and whether it's good. And now I, I suppose. Well, <laughs> obviously, <funny>. exercise is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that that yeah, that's true. it's not a question that we need to answer on the study show. Oh, yeah, no, no, exactly. I mean, you wouldn't know the first thing about it since you're you. I, I'm not sure you've ever broken <laughs> you've, into a jog in your life. You've got me completely wrong, Tom. Uh, each weekend, I yeah. run five kilometers. Do you in the park? Okay. And then I have now been to the gym 26 times in a row. Uh, my app told me that the other day. 26 times, like 26 days in a row? No, well, not, no, 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 26 weeks. <laughs> uh, okay, 26 not going weeks. every day. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was going to say, right, okay, so you've got a, a weekly streak. That's a long, that's a long time. That's cool, okay. I'm lifting, that's, yeah. I'm lifting heavy weights now. I might have to delete this bit later in the notes when I call you a jelly-like sack of fluid then. See, um, you've got me totally wrong, Tom. You've got me totally wrong. I just don't go on and on about it like you and other big macho men. Uh, yeah, yeah, do. yeah. And I don't whine males. and complain. I don't whine and complain about my, oh, my sore muscles. Oh. Yeah, that's true. It is an amazing thing about the studies show that somehow I've tried to re- re- reinvent myself as sort of alpha male macho man when anyone knows <laughs> only, me. <laughs> only in, a, in comparison to me. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very obviously not the case. Okay, yeah. but yes, you're right. We, we Neither of us need convincing, I don't think, that exercise is good um, for making you fitter and healthier. I think that's yeah. pretty obvious. But, but healthier in which specific ways, I suppose, is the question. Um, yeah. And let's just say, before we start, uh welcome to the show welcome to the study show uh yes. we're 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 talking about exercise uh today and if you are not a, a subscriber then we'd be delighted if you went to the study show pause.com and uh put in your email address or even if you're feeling very kind uh put in your credit card details as well <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah, like yeah. i'm trying to scam you i'm not trying way. to scam you uh it's just it's a you can become a paid subscriber and then you can access our uh paid only episodes which tend mm. to be on uh, rather controversial uh, topics. Yes, shocking, shocking things. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. dare, yeah. don't dare let our maiden aunts which, hear. Which we have, <laughs> which we do, of course, approach with a very uh, um, uh, reasonable, uh, balanced, l- yeah, balanced lens. I suppose. Yes, you could say. exactly. Yes, yeah. So, uh, so, 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 Tom, we're going to talk about a couple of different things uh, to do with exercise, where the claims are a bit more controversial. It's not controversial to say that it makes you healthier and probably extends your life and all that sort of stuff but uh it is a bit more controversial to say well here's here's the 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 first thing which is that if you stretch before exercise then that's Mm. helpful yeah i mean this is this is an interesting thing i I was recording like it is a um it is such a a common thing if you've ever done i mean before you do your running before you go for your your high speed 5k runs do you stretch before you go (laughs) low speed 5k runs (laughs) um yeah i uh yeah i do i do i um i stretch like my leg out in front of me and behind me and stuff like that i don't Mm. know why at some point someone showed me to do this and i've i've kind of thought that's what you have to do i've sort of done the same yeah you sort of think this this seems to be good in some way i mean i um it's just like if you've ever done any like I didn't I used to do 
those British military fitness things before, you know, and they do you, they get you doing warm up like gentle jogs and things beforehand, but they also they make Sorry, what extreme. jogs? Oh, I think you said gen. <laughs> I think you said genital jogs. No. Oh God, that, the <laughs> Freudian episode was last week, Stuart. <laughs> yes, you're right. Sorry, sorry. I genuinely <laughs> thought you said that, listeners. If you re- you know rewind 15 seconds or whatever, uh, t- tell me if the, if it sounds like he said genital jogs. But carry on. Gentle, gentle Thank you. jogs. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. Uh, but also they they make you do stretches i mean uh, if you do if you if you've ever played in a football team or anything like that where with sort of organized or nope. if you no, no me, me neither really to be honest but anyway the um uh but like my kids they get they get them to do stretches before matches and all that sort of stuff right right okay um with with, uh, the, with the intention that it's it's less likely that you'll injure yourself when you do this well this okay so this is so this is what I was going to say. As far as I can tell, there's no particular evidence that it's effective. But I suppose we should say what huh. we mean by effective, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah. So there's two... Pre-exercise stretching is meant to re- do two things. One is um, reduce the risk of injury. And two is reduce the incidence of delayed onset muscle soreness. That's DOMS. The, the, what I have right, right now. Um, yes. Uh, it's the ache you get the day after sort of doing unaccustomed exercise or in my case extremely accustomed exercise obviously <clears throat> obviously yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah but if you've ever done like um, a half marathon or anything um and the next day you realize you sort of go oh god i can't climb the stairs everything hurts yeah um, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's doms which i i, I find quite pleasant uh, she's quite a, like a sort of something called a sort of pleasant ache in your muscles i find in the quite sense enjoyable. that it reminds you that you've done something that you're happy about like you've done some yeah. exercise Yes, exactly. I suppose if it just hit, hit you one day for no particular reason, it'd be kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, and this, this, I mean, this idea that we should stretch goes back quite a long way. Uh, the earliest study that I've heard mentioning it, um, so I, I think the idea, you know, but presumably they were just trying it out because people were doing it before then. You know, that's yeah. the the idea. But the the um, study allocated uh, twelve elite Swedish soccer teams in 1983 to two random groups and gave one of them like programs which included stretches among other things and pre-exercise warm-ups um and it found a 75 percent reduction 180 players in total among these 12 teams and it found a 75 percent reduction of injury in the intervention group oh my god 75 percent fewer injuries is like it's huge yeah yeah, it's absolutely massive yeah 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 yeah. um but presumably i mean presumably if 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 lots of other things are right but uh it sounds like you're about to tell me that uh, yeah everything like, was not right in the study so okay so for you I, it's you notice i said among other things um pre-exercise ah. so for firstly it included pre-exercise warm-ups which are different it's a different thing we'll we'll i'll talk a bit about you know like going what getting the the muscles moving does seem to be more from reading around does seem to be more widely accepted to actually do things like warming okay. up right right as opposed to literally this sort of um dynamic or static stretching of like pushing your legs or your arms into positions that are uncomfortable and let and holding them there or whatever you know mm-hmm. um so, but the other among other things included leg guards and special shoes so like shin pads and things um oh. taped ankles and something really caught my eye was the exclusion of players with grave knee instability so you're just oh. like just taking people out who do, who are likely <laughs> right. to get injured. <laughs> right. Okay. So that sounds like an incredibly biased study and not actually a good test 
of whether the stretching was having the effect. No, no, exactly. It's like it's like assessing a cardiovascular drug by including a program that also sing, says we'll take out all the patients who have heart disease. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, and this is a study that gets like gets attention and gets cited and stuff. Yeah, I think so. Certainly, it was, was um, it was in a meta-analysis, which I'm going to come to in a moment. That was one of the ones that said this was where the sort of the theoretical basis or the sort of empirical basis for a lot of it came from. But this wow. seemed to be a really common thing in early RCTs into stretching is that they bundle stretching in with other things. Um, you know, this uh, meta-analysis mentions a few of them, but they, there's three or four. And they all, they the bundle of things seems to have some effect. And then they conclude that it's the stretching or they conclude that stretching is good. Weird, yeah. 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 I mean, for, for instance, one of them is just stretching and warming up, but warming up and, you know, of doing gentle exercise to get um, the, the heart, heart pumping and um, general body temperature up and stuff, which... Uh, which does seem to have more be more widely believed, like I said. Um, that is for it is a very strange uh, experimental. Like it's 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 the number one thing you get taught when you do like experimental design yeah. classes is is that you have to just change one thing. That was what we told in year eight. Year eight. Yeah, right. Classes. Exactly. Exactly. Little kids. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. That. Like if you if you're if you're heating. Um, if you're to to trying to determine what what how, how best to keep the the cup of water warm, you either keep one in polystyrene cup or and or put a lid on, or but you don't do both at the same time. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah. To see if it, uh, yeah, if it, to have actual control over what over one thing, uh, yeah. to change one thing and leave everything else the same. I mean, for heaven's sake, it really is as basic as that. The, the, yeah. the error here. Yeah, yeah, it's really remarkable. And then, but then it just doesn't let you draw in conclusions about whether stretching is important at all. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there's two meta analyses a more a, a um a 2005 uh, 2021 is the most recent uh which looked at the exercise programs on reduction of musculoskeletal injury uh risk and it looked at military populations it took okay. 15 trials um one 14,370 participants and it compared static stretch it's, it's static stretching to no stretching this is a, there's this can be a complicated thing with all um uh, all oh, every bit of research we mentioned today is going to have the same problem, which we'll come back to in a minute. But this meta-analysis compared static stretching to no stretching, so that is, and that's when you stand still and stretch, stand still and hold hold a stretch, right, oh. as opposed to a dynamic, which is sort of bouncing. Which oh right, uh, I've which, never seen that. I don't think. Yeah, which gets to people. Uh, it's again reading around this. There's a sort of like there's loads of people claiming you mustn't ever do that because that's how you injure yourself. But then actually, there's no evidence for that either. There's oh. no particular risk and okay. difference. Yeah. Anyway, that was my, that was the impression I got. Anyway, I, I wouldn't back that up. Anyway, it found the relative risk of, of injury for people who uh, did static stretching compared to no stretching was zero point nine three. So ninety three percent as likely to get injured as someone who hadn't stretched, which is a small but sm- small decrease. Which, mm-hmm. but still, it's you know it is a it is a decrease. But the ninety five percent confidence interval of that estimate was went from 0.79 to 1.09 so between 75 79% is likely and 1 uh, 109% is likely to get right so it crosses it crosses one it crosses, it crosses 100% yeah exactly uh, it doesn't cross zero in this case it crosses yeah, one yeah you're quite right yeah it crosses yes. one yeah. yeah um yeah. but uh, so, and that implies that the, the the estimate is not statistically significant right exactly That's yes another way of saying what we were talking about in the previous episode um about statistical significance. So it, when you have 95% confidence intervals, which are the kind of error bars that you often see on graphs and things, hmm. um, that should be, all else held equal, the same as being uh, as something being statistically significant if the confidence intervals uh, 
do not overlap with zero. So yeah. it's, well, you, what case, that's saying yeah. is, or in this case, in one, yeah. So one is a yeah. zero effect in this case. It's slightly confusing. Yeah. But, uh, if it was one, then it would be that the stretching was had exactly the same risk as the, as yeah, the exactly. controls. Um, exactly. So, so it would be a zero effect. And so, uh, yeah, that, that, it, should, it should be just the same. I think there are some special cases where the confidence intervals and the, the statistical significance, the sort of p-value, um, is not exactly the same. But for, for, right? for normal circumstances, I think uh, it's the same as using a five, using a 95% confidence interval is the same as using p equals 0 0.05 uh, for your statistical significance level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so would that mean you would that if there was no effect in, uh, you know, if, they, if, the, if the two things were, if there was just, if your your treatment just didn't work at all, and then there'd be only a 5% chance of seeing these results by chance is what it is, yes. what it means. Now, that's the 2021 meta-analysis. We'll share it in the um, in the show notes. There was another two, another one 16 years earlier, which found almost exactly the same. 0 .0, 0 0.95 relative risk, but again, a confidence interval that crossed one. So 0 0.78 to 116. Just, I mean, it, it, just sh it just seems to me that the evidence for this actually, for stretching actually doing anything is, uh, for, for when it comes to... Um, uh injury at least is just is basically not there it doesn't I, um, stick out like a sore thumb or indeed in no. this case a sore leg or arm uh, <laughs> yes yeah well very nice very nice yeah, yeah, yeah. agony absolute agony <laughs> anyway um and it's not it's not that it's um it's not that that's completely sh like shocking i, I remember I, I remember i well i found a 2001 sort of review article about this which pointed out that stretching increases the range of movement and that also most injuries happen during sudden movements within the normal movement range, and that also stretching can sort of cause muscle damage and and it reduces your tolerance, uh, redu increases your tolerance to pain. It numbs pain, and it says oh. like, um, yeah. So it so it says it does not seem prudent to decrease one's tolerance to pain, possibly create some damage at the cytoskeletal level, and then exercise this damaged anesthetized muscle. Of note, no basic science evidence suggests that stretching would decrease injuries. So wow. Like, yeah, so, but so, so you're you're damaging your muscle a little bit, but also meaning that it, making it less likely that you'll feel it. Yeah, and that might be why people anecdotally report that stretching. That was possibly helps, it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because, that because makes sense because they've anesthetized themselves a little bit. Yeah, but it is fascinating to me um, just how much how how widespread and confident all the claims are that people make. Yeah. It's just it, this is the sort of thing that you'd expect it to be. I don't know, just as obvious as the different, you know, the heightened, the different, um, as, I don't know, like melon, uh, drugs working for cancer or something like that, you know, the immunotherapy that just, you can just see that, see in the numbers, loads of people survive, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not, that's a bit of a weird analogy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this the kind of thing where it doesn't matter if you are like you or I, like an average person who's not a Olympic athlete, sorry, no offense. Mm, um, but if you're an Olympic athlete, then could it be, you know how they talk about marginal gains, like they build up all these little mm. small things that they do that all give them a tiny, tiny, tiny benefit and that might just produce an edge over their rivals who are all performing at like, you know, less of a, less than a second difference and uh, and so on. Could it be that it's just that, you know, that we can't find evidence for it because it's in average people? I'm trying to be charitable here. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, because I, it's I, in I, average I, people yeah. and not in hardcore athletes? I could sort of athletes? see, well... I obviously can't rule that out, um, but I mean, I, but that would be you know if we were talking about that would be looking for uh, marginal gains in in performance, presumably rather mm. than in risk of injury. That's true. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's a subtly different thing. It's um, just weird to me because when I think of like, you know, when you think of like businesses or something like that, hmm. they tend to, if they do something that's wrong and they keep repeatedly doing what's wrong, they'll lose money and they'll go out of business, right? Generally, hmm. that's yeah. sort of how, how you think about things. And given that athletes do this all the time, hmm. um, you'd think that they would that they would stop doing it if it if it was you know not working or causing them problems or they could be doing something else in the interview yeah, time. With their time. It, yeah, it just becomes a sort of a superstitious ritual if it's not actually doing anything, and you feel like they could be doing something else. There are things in sports like what was the was it the Olympics? Um, maybe two Olympics ago or something like that. Where all the athletes were wearing tape on their muscles, remember? Remember mm. that they all had little bits of like Kine- blue kinesthetic ta- tape or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. Now, of course, it's a load of nonsense. You can't just stick tape to yourself and think that your muscle will work better. But they all had it. But now they don't. Like that's gone. Mm. No, that's no longer a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you I'm, never I'm, see I'm that interested now. By that, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested by this because I mean I agree with you. Generally speaking, I feel well. I, so I suppose this this is what I'll I'll come back to right. Um, but you know. A lot of the science in this area, and this is going to be a point I come back to again and again, is rubbish. Yeah. Right? It's just <laughs> yeah. rubbish. Um, yeah. So to some extent, if loads of athletes think it's working for them, but the science can't find that it does, it's not totally mad to say, well, maybe trust the athletes who do it for a living. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's the fault um, of the scientists rather than anything else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And also, you know, also they have got... Like, um, they're, they're, they're fighting an uphill battle here. I mean... Um, so, like on the DOM stuff, the uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, there was yeah. a Cochrane review in 2011, um, and it looked at uh, 12, uh, 12 trials, all of which, all of one, or all but one of which were completely minuscule. One had like 2,337 uh, 30, 77 participants, and the rest all had like 15, you know, or 30. <laughs> right. Okay. Basically, the, uh, the, the meta analysis meta analysis becomes that one study. You know, um, that happens quite a lot uh, does, when there's yeah. when there's one massive study like um, hmm. the UK Biobank, which has half a million people in it. Whenever you include hmm. data from that in a meta analysis, it just like all the um, you know, because because when you're doing a meta analysis, when you're putting together all the studies in a field and trying to draw some kind of overall conclusion, you weight the studies um hmm. uh by how big According they are sample often. size yeah yeah and so and quality something, presumably yeah well you can do there's different things you can do yeah but um in a standard one the, the sample size is a big is a big deal and um when you put something that has half a million people in it even if you've got studies that are you know thousands of people or hundreds of people mm. it just dwarfs everything and has a massive massive effect and so if that study is really biased or bad in some way then the whole meta-analysis is going to be yeah. skewed uh i mean this is an, yet another reason we keep coming up every week with mm. reasons that you can't trust meta-analysis but the, yeah. you know this is this is one uh another one on the list but i mean the trouble is if you can't trust meta-analysis unless you find one really yeah well yeah you can't you can't trust anything you can't trust <laughs> anyway. anything that's the yeah. that's the watchword of this podcast yeah, yeah exactly um okay but sort of as i was talking about the the evidence the studies in these i mean they are fighting an uphill battle for one obvious reason which is you just can't do blinding like it was like we were talking about with therapy last last yeah. week yeah yeah it's not as if you can do a placebo stretching program, you know, you just, you can't, like, it doesn't, it's not realistic, <laughs> yeah. right? You could, um, you could get them to do different movements or something like that, but it's, you're still stretching something, I suppose. You could get yeah, them to exactly. stretch different muscles, I suppose. Yeah. Or you could get, or you could get them to do other forms of, like, you could do a, a warm up without stretching, you know, you could do them like, and, and not tell them that they're not in the, that it's a study about stretching, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. get one to do, but it's very hard to do good placebo blinding. Um, but, like the Cochrane review pointed out that 
most of these studies not only were they, were they bad like that they didn't um they also didn't report on whether people completed their follow-ups they, uh, they didn't check whether the analysis was uh done with intention to treat or stuff you know intention to treat being like they they asked they they asked people to do stretching and then put them people who had been asked to do stretching into the sort of treatment category rather than taking the right. ones who've been asked to do stretching and then don't out which is uh is it, important if you're doing if you're like looking at whether asking people to stretch actually has any effect you know right yeah yeah those are yeah. that's a common way to do analysis that sounds like a dodgy thing to do but actually it's it's very very common yeah. and actually makes a lot of sense in, in a lot of uh, cases yeah, uh, if exactly. you're doing something that's pragmatic yeah um and so all the studies in the whether the big one or the little one in in this Cochrane review all basically agree with each other they say that stretching reduces soreness by between zero and four points on a 100 point scale so oh. so it's again it's just like it's not, not, not a huge <laughs> effect yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly for something that everyone is doing every time they exercise yeah making time for it you know yeah uh, hours, hours personal, of their, personal yeah, trainers are yeah. telling you specific ways to do it and all that sort of stuff mm. doesn't sound yeah, like they exactly. really know what they're talking about no not really or at least yeah at least the science doesn't the, the science yeah on the basis of the science yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a mildly funny thing that the cochrane review reports that this evidence is basically crap um mm. but the, the reasons to believe it are that um and i i like this but the biases typically produce exaggerated effects yet this review found consistent evidence of near zero effects so they're basically saying even given this obvious opportunity hmm. to p-hack, <laughs> p-hack yeah. it so that there were loads of uh, they still uh, they still just, couldn't find yeah exactly right. yeah yeah hmm. but I will um like to to return to that sort of epistemological point though the, the evidence is is I mean it's it's shit isn't it um and I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was yes it is I was writing the notes for this yesterday so Thursday before I went and played the manly five-a-side football um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just notice actually I wrote this in the in the in the notes I made a pre-registered prediction as I was writing, writing the notes there'll be roughly 25 goals scored in that game and I would score none of them uh oh, okay. and the actual That's, result uh... <laughs> I'm not very good Stuart I know yeah I yeah, yeah. self-deprecating uh, yeah suppose. exactly uh... yeah um but I, there were 24 goals scored in a 12-all draw and one of them was by me so i'm uh, oh wow yeah thank you yes exactly. congratulations yeah yeah, yeah. i'm a goal scoring hero was, Stuart. was the goalie off uh, the toilet at the time <laughs> no, no, no it was a very nice volleyed finish i, I don't know if you know oh, what wow. a volley nope, is but not nope. the slightest clue what that is hit, hit, hit the ball in the air before, while while it before before it bounces um anyway, right. oh, congratulations very, thank you i was very pleased anyway before that was happening as i was writing the notes for this one of the other players messaged to say i hope you're stretching and um ah. Uh, yeah, and I, when I said I was doing this podcast, he he messaged back saying, "I can tell you one hundred percent that bef- uh, before my latest spat of calf issues, he's been so struggling with injuries to his calf. St- um, stretching, limbering up was definitely the way forward. Like it's just, it is absolutely what players at every level of sport people think believe. stretching. Yeah, people think stretching yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was thinking as well. Like I hurt my knee long ago." Um, and it flared up after I went skiing a couple of years ago and I couldn't play. And I went and did physio for it, which did muscle strengthening around the, um, around the joint, all the sort of strengthen the, um, quadriceps and hamstrings and all these things. That makes a lot of sense that you would want to do that. Yeah. To sort of stabilize the joint. Yeah. But I bet you, and I haven't, I haven't looked into it. Maybe I should have done, but I'm, I'm extremely confident that my knee is more stable, but I bet you that the evidence, if we went and picked apart the evidence for physio, like, the obvious, you know, you can't do placebo physio, can you? Like mm, these, mm. these sort of things. I, I would be, I would be, well, I, I would be unsurprised to learn that if we went and dug into a sort of the meta analyses of physio stuff, that it, 
wouldn't be as convincing and we could find this sort of problem. Do you know what I mean? I, that, so, yeah, yeah. so I do, so what's, so what do I, you know, so it, to some extent we should take it as evidence that sportsmen or, and women all around the world forever do think this stuff is good. But on the other hand, injuries are relatively rare and you can get confused about the cause for, for them and why, like anything else. And if they'd taken homeopathy and not got injured for a few months... <laughs> You know. it might have worked itself out it might have got better anyway yeah yeah exactly um and uh there's also cochrane review um it points out there's just not much of a good theoretical basis for any of this stuff it, like uh for about right, like in terms of the muscles. actual in terms of the actual like physiology of the muscles yeah, and exactly. how they work right yeah exactly so um uh, from the Cochrane review about DOMS anyway um, the practice of stretching for or after exercise may have may have arisen because of the mistaken belief prevalent in the 1960s and 1970s the muscle soreness was due to muscle spasm uh, this view has since been discredited uh, contemporary beliefs about the mechanisms of muscle soreness do not suggest any means by which stretching for or after, after exercise could reduce the soreness that follows that exercise session huh. so isn't it about a buildup of lactic acid or something? I mean, I don't know I, the details. I thought it was about tiny little tears in the. Um, the that's that's tiredness, and I think ache during exercise is the sort of that's. Oh that, right, that's lactic acid. acid, right? Okay. I think uh, the uh, this is the sort of thing I should really know, but the um, <laughs> I think the especially since my great grandfather won a Nobel Prize for his uh, research into muscles. Just um, throwing that in there. Yeah, yeah, just drop that from the great height, clang, oh you know. Uh, I'll just, you know, oh, wow. my, my, my great-great-uncle, John Maynard Keynes, told me never to name drop, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Mick, Mick Jagger told me the same, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, um, uh, anyway. Not, he's not kidding about that, by the way. I am kidding about the Mick Jagger thing, but he's not kidding about that relation that he just mentioned. No, I know. John I Maynard know, Keynes. I, yeah, you I wouldn't believe am. how posh and plummy this guy is. From no. a from an absurdly like you know a dynasty privileged of, background yeah of, exactly. yeah 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 it's, you wouldn't it's, believe it's... it to hear my rugged sort of uh, accent and you know man, general Actually, manly tones you know <laughs> now you say that I would believe it yeah <laughs> yeah didn't some guy say I sounded like Jacob Rees Mogg he uh, did in, yeah on, on the yeah. twitters yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway I don't so think that... you're quite in that in, uh, no. in that, level. that level anyway um but yeah I, I think that's what I understand as well with weightlifting and stuff you're 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 tearing a little bit and and then when the muscle well, you, and then that's why you have to have eat lots of protein yeah, so uh, you after you've been weightlifting so it can it, build yeah. up yeah exactly it repairs it and then it becomes bigger and and that's the sort of very very basic physiology of, of what you're doing when you're lifting weights um so maybe there's some part of that here but it's not because of muscle spasm as no as they say, exactly as they seem to yeah, believe so- in the 60s yeah, and which would be which would then make it sense if it, I guess if it was um, if they were looser and more limbered up. I, I don't I don't know anyway. But yeah, I think I I think my my fairly confident prediction is that stretching doesn't actually reduce either your uh, your um, likelihood of getting injured or the incidence of soreness afterwards. And, wow. and I'm, I, you know to declare my own bias, I can never be asked to stretch before exercise, so I don't bother. So uh, so I kind of hope that's true. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No. Well, there's a, 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 a um, it, it, it's a very common belief uh, that that I had. I would just assume everyone just knows is true. Um, but then again, if you can't trust the science, then that's a bit depressing, isn't it? Yes, exactly. That's the thing. Um, and talking of depressing, depressing. Oh, that's a brilliant segue. I've got a little thing in my notes here saying it's actually really quite hard to segue from muscle stretching to depression. So well done, you. Stuart. <laughs> you well go, done, you. Thanks. That's very neat. 
The Study Show is brought to you by Works in Progress magazine, the online journal of ideas uh, about technology and science and human progress. And um, in the uh, most recent episode at the time of recording, uh, there's an article called The Entrepreneurial State. And uh, it's about this question, war. What is it good for? I'm actually, I'm actually glad that they, uh, yeah, yeah, huh, absolutely nothing. All that. I'm actually glad that they didn't use that incredibly cliched uh, reference yeah. in the article. But uh, it's about this delicate balance between war causing states to compete with each other and improve their technologies and improve their their governance, the way that they actually run the state, uh, and obviously the incredibly bad, destructive, awful, pointless, terrible side of war, which kills people and kills the next generation of engineers and politicians and inventors and scientists mm. and everything else. So, uh, yeah, the, the, there's the, it, it, there may be some positives as well, is what this article yeah. is. is well, it reminds me, it reminds me, uh, did you ever read Guns, Germs and Steel? Back in the day, yeah, Jared I mean, Diamond, yeah, Jared yeah, Diamond, I mean, ages, yeah. ages ago, when, ages ago, yeah, yeah. You know, when I was um, a, when I was an undergrad, I think, yeah, yeah, I think I probably read it. Well, probably about the same IE when I was like forty eight years old. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not forty eight years old yet. Anyway, but yeah, that that made a sort of similar case that the reason that one of the reasons that uh, Western Europe did well was because it was fragmented into lots of little states, unlike china which was sort of roughly comparable in size and population but right. it was under what sort of unitary control and the okay. the um the it, the the european situation of sort of having to compete against local you know lots of different ideas sort of like a laboratory or um sort of evolutionary aspect where you've got lots of different competing methods of running a state competing against each right. other right. and they have to sort of also keep fighting or keep um working to stay ahead of their rivals you know so you get the arms that makes race sense. pushing yeah it didn't it yeah, did make yeah. sense i think it's a subtly different mechanism to what this thing's saying but it's it's right but it's, a, it's an analogous uh, idea so so you can read this article uh, at worksinprogress.co or on their Substack. uh they've they've uh, mentioned this uh, as as well and uh and they have shorter articles on there at uh, worksinprogress.news um check it out it really is a great magazine the articles are great they're full of interesting ideas full of data full of just people talking about stuff when they actually know what they're talking about which is really good and uh we're very grateful that they support the study show so thank you very much to them yep and now back to the show (laughs) yeah Um, yeah so the next thing i was going to talk about just to just in this podcast of two halves is uh exercise football reference Oh yes, very good. Yeah, yeah. God, God, you're on it at the moment, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. Um, sick, sick yeah. as a parrot, Brian. I don't know what that is from. But I've seen that written down. That's somewhere, from so. you've reading, been reading Private Eye in the early two thousands, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the sort of classic um, Coleman balls type right, thing. Um, right. So this is another thing that everyone, I think, just sort of thinks is definitely true. Um, you know something something endorphins you know you do exercise and you feel better that's i think you know no one really has ever explained to me the exact mechanism but i think that's many the, anecdotes um, uh many anecdotes about that I, I know lots of people who say oh, i'm feeling a bit down so i need to go out for a run and that'll cheer me up sort of thing mm. yeah i um, i should say like before i started writing this i sort of assumed i'd be doing the full debunk like i would with um Oh, the the close to debunk like we were with the stretching, you know that it just that uh, this just isn't there isn't anything in it. I I got interested a bit interested back in two thousand and thirteen. There was this tr- the tread study, which what I what does now, this stand for? Come on, oh let's find out. Yeah, what does it okay. stand for? 
another one of these scientific uh yeah acronyms or initialisms or whatever that is yeah uh, all right where oh got it yeah. got it got it oh oh god this is extremely so basic t-r-e-a-d yeah. on you go yeah treatment of d- oppression with physical activity <laughs> all right t-r-e-a-t-ment of oh. depression that's it so, there's so no, the, physical, the physical activity thing isn't yeah isn't in so the literally acronym just treatment of depression yeah it's tr- treatment of depression is the only bit right. you need for the entire acronym hmm. um yeah, which is enough. yeah i suppose it, the point is it gets the um the tread like running like exercise yeah, yeah you know? i guess so yeah anyway that came out in 2013 it got it, it did this, um, 361 adults with diagnosed depression offered them either usual care or um, uh, usual care plus three face-to-face sessions and 10 telephone calls with a, tre- a trained physical activity facilitator over eight months. And it found, I mean, basically like, a very small change on a, on, the, on, a, on a depression scale, which wasn't statistically significant between the treatment group and the uh, control group. And I remember this just made people so angry. Enraged. Just so yeah. angry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was um, a couple of articles in The Guardian, and one of them by Simon Hattinson, who's apparently a lovely guy. I've never met him, but apparently he's a really nice guy. Um, and he's, you know, so he, he apparently has depression and, and sort of self, uh, self-administers, self-prescribes um, exercise for it. And he just calls, calls the research churlish and patronizing and says, perhaps we should rely on self-knowledge rather than research when it comes to depression, which... Honestly, sounds like a terrible idea. Um, well, we have just me. said in the last section that uh, it might be the case that the research is not very good and people's self-knowledge That's and stretching true. might be more uh, reliable. That's true. But also we know that with mental health conditions, people say, I feel X and therefore I should come yes. off my meds. Um, yes. is, is like, I think you should be very careful about paying attention to research there. Um, certainly seems Agreed. a bloody silly thing to do without thinking about it very carefully. Um, yeah. And especially if you're so, going to make arguments like, the results in this study are churlish and patronizing. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, you could say that about the way they wrote the paper or something or the way they did the media. I mean, I don't know. But to say that about the results of the study is is quite a weird um, thing to get angry at. It's the decoupling thing again. It's what we talked about uh, however many episodes ago when we were talking about politics and science. It's the decoupling what you want to believe is true from true. from what is is in is in the study now of course study might be bad in all sorts of ways and that's fine and that's mm. you know a great thing to do is to criticize it but just to say that it's churlish and patronizing it's no, just no, weird it's, to say about a empirical yeah, yeah, result yeah. yeah exactly um so 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 i was already sort of dust that off and go do a sort of you know look if exercise makes you feel better then great but let's not necessarily say we should ought to be prescribing it on the nhs or whatever you know but um i did but then i i, I looked it's. I don't think it's quite as straightforward as that. I looked. There's another Cochrane review. It's again 2013. There doesn't seem to be any um, Cochrane. At least hasn't got back to it recently. And I like relying on Cochrane because for the reason we discussed uh, back in the um, the the parapsychology episode that you, if you're pointing to a Cochrane review, you can at least say, look, I I haven't completely screwed up. I can defend this choice. You know. Yes. Um, but uh, it looked at 35 studies again, 1,356 participants. Um, and it did find a statistically significant result of okay. um, on severity measure for depression score of 0.62, which I thought sounded really impressive because I thought at first I was messaging you asking for like... I thought um, it was a Cohen's D, a standard deviation yeah, exactly. difference. That would be a really big effect in, in a psychology psychology or psychiatry study. That would be a, yeah, a be really, massive. really yeah. big effect. 
And I was like, bloody hell, that's actually really worked. And then I realized it's actually just is just the mean, the, the change in the number of points, the average change in the number of points people score on that severity measure for depression score, which oh. is a 27 point score. Hmm. So like, it's it's it might you know the the your, your the band of like severely depressed is fourteen to seventeen or something like that and nice. uh, and that or and that means so you you might just move you slightly within the band of being severely depressed or yeah possibly yeah. tick you over from one so it's actually not big um and also when you look at the higher quality studies which you know have to make some vague attempt at blinding and as far as that's even possible intention to treat analysis that sort of stuff um. The results become non-significant, so it, it, it's not a big effect, and it mm. might not be real. Uh, yeah. But it's not; it's not; <laughs> it's not quite as straightforward as literally nothing. Uh, um, nothing works. The there was another study, another meta-analysis, more recently looking at fourteen trials. These are all RCTs, by the way. They actually they do actually take people and get and prescribe them uh, exercise and say, "Okay, go off because, and do some exercise." Because you really, yeah. Because if you just did an observational study on this, there's a very obvious reverse causation thing so if you just find yes. that exercise is correlated with lower levels of depression yeah, yeah. The, the the exercise might you know doing more exercise might be causing them to become less depressed but obviously there's the the, the, the like thing that we should which should occur to you immediately which is that people who are depressed might want to do less exercise so yeah. the depression leads to the leads to the lack of ex leads to the lack of exercise rather than the other way around yeah or of course the the third third um third factor causation of you are depressed because you've been badly injured or you're you're or you're disabled yeah. and you also yeah. can't do exercise you know the, yeah. the, these are things that you can presumably control for but none, anyway the whole so, no, point of having a randomized trial as uh, as the, as we're meta-analyzing this study that we're about to talk about mm is to try and get around these kind of you know confounding issues yeah yeah exactly anyway so it's not this this trial is a bit different it looked at 1737 adults without clinical depression which struck me as an interesting choice but anyway huh. it yeah it did find that it again improved their score on depression by 0. minus 0. 0.34 which does not sound very big to me. I mean, you're the you're the psychologist, but is I that assume standard, that standard deviation difference. Nope, 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 nope. That's on oh. a, that's on an, uh, that's I think on the same um, uh, se severity me severity measure for depression scale. Oh. Um, yeah, okay, I mean, yes, depression. you would have to see like what what happens when people go to therapy. Like, how much of a change do they get? What happens when they're on antidepressants and uh, and so on? What happens just over a period of time anyway? Like you'd have to see what the comparison is, but it doesn't seem mm. like it's a massive effect. No, uh, it, it is. It is clinically. Um, I mean, it's statistically significant, so that is that is real. But it's just you know, a change of a third of a point on a twenty-seven point st scale doesn't fill me with huge confidence. Uh, no. So I, maybe it has a um, uh, has a slight effect on depression, but maybe not. It's just you know, it's as you said, everything like in psychiatry and psychology has a tiny effect that does seem to be the case even antidepressants have that and therapy like we were talking about last week they don't they don't make big they don't have big inroads on average to into the average it's the average person's depression um so which i think is i think is often explained by sort of some of these some of the um antidepressants work really well in some people but not at all in other people the individual the differences more, the individual yeah. differences stuff yeah that's really uh, something which I think we have, as we talked about last week, actually, we have very little uh, knowledge about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's just another one where people are incredibly confident and incredibly 
sort of they get so angry about it i think because they because you know for the decoupling thing people and also because it feels like an attack on you i remember pete etchell's writing at the same uh, about in two, back in 2013 about the same topic you say look i when he, he suffers from depression and or he did that back then i haven't asked him if he does still does i'm sorry pete um but i, I should <laughs> yeah. um uh he um he said at the time that he uh, like he he often sort of self medicates or melts self self medicated back in 2013 with a bar of chocolate, and that sometimes works for him and makes him feel better. But mm. that wouldn't work for everyone. It doesn't mean you should start charging the NHS should start charging seven pounds forty for a milky bar. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Prescription milky bar. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the yeah. So it, it 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 strikes me as plausible that there are some people for whom. If they go out mm. for a run and they get some fresh air and they have a time on their own to think about stuff and it gets they get out of the house and they yeah. can listen to some music that they like or listen to a podcast like the Studies Show, which obviously cheers everyone up uh, yeah. or something like that, then it, it like that that doing that on a regular basis or, or being forced to do it as part of a randomized trial, I could see mm. how that could lift your mood, uh, even if there wasn't anything kind of sort of mm. physiological going on like the actual moving the muscles caused some difference in your brain or the amount of oxygen you were getting or whatever it was you know yeah. caused some difference in your brain it could just be that like there are sort of factors in your life that you can change that uh, that that you're sort of forced to do by this randomized trial and that's what imagine. gets you know that's what helps yeah. you i can imagine just like admit this is a slightly different thing but like i can imagine that being fitter and healthier is just quite nice you know like and yep. just if, if yep. so that could have some effect whether over over the long period so so i guess losing some my weight way of, yeah yeah absolutely um there was a, although i think there's some argument about whether um uh exercise per se does help with weight loss because you know people um cat what, what's that for? they they sort of they often up their calorie intake to make it but I, but like right, it does make right. you feel healthier it definitely makes you healthier and some you know to some extent you might not care about weight loss per se but whether or not you feel you know muscle mass is heavier than anyway so th i'm sure it does definitely makes people feel healthier and feel trimmer and uh, and all that sort of stuff so i'm sure that sure. works um but yeah there's a a couple of things that i sort of uh think are worth noting there firstly is that that average effect thing like you say like for some people maybe going out and running just makes you feel grim and sad and you hate and it, and it just hurts and you don't feel like you're very good at it and so it doesn't doesn't right exactly you, you, you're yeah. looking at your time and you can't increase it and you're thinking oh my god i'm so rubbish at this and that just makes you feel even worse like i can totally imagine yeah. that too yeah, yeah exactly so so maybe there's an average effect thing where in which some people it has no effect or makes people feel worse but in some people it's just this is the only thing that clears my head and makes me feel you know so yeah. so and that if you do that over a thousand people then the 300 or whatever 200 people who find it's great they will be really baffled when you when you say over the average people over the average person there's no effect and they but but for me it's brilliant you know yeah okay yeah, but yeah, we're yeah. talking about yeah, yeah. so yeah. so you know as always like um exercise if, if exercise works for you brilliant that, that's just fantastic you know karen, karen doing it the other thing is it's um is the intention to treat thing which you mentioned which is that you prescribe exercise and then whether or not people do it, the people who've been prescribed exercise, we count them as our treatment group. Right. And it's quite hard to get people to exercise. Lots of people know they should exercise, but don't. Uh, and so that'll wash out a lot of the, you know, and this is how it should be done. Because if you want to actually make uh, pres exercise, prescri you know, prescribe exercise for a treatment for depression, you need to, that's how it'll be done. You can't, won't actually go around the country forcing people. You'll say, your doctor sure. will say, I mean, dad, my dad's a GP and he used to, do this he said an awful lot, lot of the time you say like 
a lot of the time people were he, he would say to people like go and go out for a run it'll make you feel better and he found it worked um but the if if people don't want to do it and so even if the actual exercise is effective, the fact that of your people you've asked to do it, only a small fraction actually go right, and do it. Right. Or something. So there's then a selection, selection bias effect as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah, it's really, it's it's, it's uh, much trickier than you might think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so so if, if you're some sort of person who likes exercise, then when someone prescribes it, you might actually do it and uh, and it might also could, could be more likely to do it than someone for whom every step is a torment. And then once you've done it, you might find it you enjoy it and it cheers you up and that improves yeah. your score on the SMD and it all makes sense, right? So I'm not against the idea. I'm, if I, I'm ve- I'd be very, very unsurprised, entirely unsurprised if um, uh, the... If there is a subset of people for whom exercise is really good for depression, I would get mopey and sad if I didn't leave the house and go for a run every so often. I I know like lots of other people I know who for whom it's really good, but that's not the same as saying it is brilliant for everyone. And that seems to be what the what the studies show. But uh, show name, take a drink. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Thank you. Yes. Yeah. 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 I haven't mentioned Bay. Oh damn it. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you haven't mentioned yeah the Reverend Bays or Scott Alexander yet. On yeah. This exactly. Yeah, the, 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 we've got some. We've got time. We've got time. We've got time. We've got time. Yeah. Okay. So, but the thing I I really want to know, and I sort of kept kept harping on about this. Just look how dreadful all the research is in this field. Like. <laughs> yeah. All of it, all meta-analyses we looked at are like, you know, like we looked at 50 studies of which two were of a low risk of bias, you know, like yeah. it, none of these things that I mean, I, I recognize that there's difficulty of blinding, but there's just like, pre nothing seems to be pre-registered, nothing seems to be, um, you know, to be careful about the analysis, there's no sort of, you know, they don't mention on the thing whether they bothered to complete the follow-ups or the, all this sort of stuff. I found this paper from last year which basically said um, that kinesiology, which is apparently the proper name for sports science, is facing, uh, there's a big replication crisis coming. It asked, you know, it asked 511 respondents um, of whom, uh, asked 511 sports scientists what how how and what they thought and they said 42 percent of them said there was a significant crisis of reproducibility or replicability. Mm. And then another 36% said there was a slight crisis. Now, obviously that's going to be, you're going to be more likely to reply to it, and um, yeah, I, I always worried. love that. That's a term that that that's a phrase that's been used in other things. A slight crisis. What does yeah, that yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, just, I, I, I'm having a slight crisis. Yeah, 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 it yeah, doesn't really right. doesn't really quite work. But but that was the there was a 2016 uh, survey in Nature to the readers of Nature magazine. So like presumably scientists mm. and science interested people that use that phrasing as well. So I think it sounds like they've taken the same phrasing and applied it. Yeah, to, you're it, right. It, on reflection, sports, sports science as well. A crisis doesn't feel like something that can be slight, but let's move yeah, on. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, and it. I mean, if the, the paper does it. The paper. You know, it would be completely unsurprising if there is one. If the, if the, completely unsurprising if there is a um, replication crisis, because it's just sound. All the all the paper all the papers are rubbish and just really badly done. And the paper mentioned it it keeps citing like it's got there's a, a research culture that is largely driven by career incentives and novel research. Pressure to publish exacerbated by competition with academia. Specifically, there are more PhDs being produced in world universities than there are permanent academic positions. A temp- temptation to produce and prioritize work which is novel for career success and, um, and not doing replications of things. Statistical and methodolo- methodological errors which are prevalent in sports and exercise. I mean, it's just all the exact problems that 
Right, right. The, 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 the caused the replication crisis in psychology and lots of other areas too. I, I think sports science. Um, I, I generally, yeah, I generally get the impression there's a lot of really, really bad research, and it's a bit like um, what used to happen in neuroscience uh, or, or, or areas like that, where you just got a few people in, or you know, and scanned their brains, or a few rats in a maze, or whatever, and mm. then at some point within the last ten years or so the funding was available and the sort of uh, motivation was there for them to mm. increase the sample sizes and get much bigger studies and get much more reliable data sets and so on, rather than just relying on these tiny little groups of people. And that, I feel like that really hasn't happened in a lot of these exercise physiology studies. You still regularly see very, very, very small studies. There was that one about people taking an ice bath last year and it was like, you know, uh, t- 10 people or something. I don't know. It was like tiny, mm. tiny, tiny numbers of people in this field. And that seems to just be routine um yeah. uh, uh and uh, happily there are some sports science researchers who are trying to push back i mean obviously that paper that you just the survey that you just referenced hmm. is part of this and there's this group called the um sports science replication center i know a guy called uh, aaron caldwell who is working there and trying to improve the quality of the fields he, he's been along to some of the psychology conferences that i've been to where we've been trying to improve the quality of uh psychology um hmm. Uh, and he and he's saying we I need to apply this to my own field exercise physiology and so like they've done things like taking some well known sports and exercise science studies and trying to replicate them and they had they had an initial report last year that they took four studies and obviously it's just four so let's not you know draw yeah. any massive conclusions but they could only replicate one of the four studies and it was exactly the same sort of thing like the effect sizes mm. were absolutely massive in the original studies and they couldn't find anywhere near that uh level of effect um and and i suspect there's very similar things happening in the stretching studies and the exercise and depression studies that we've talked about here just like low quality studies when someone else comes along they're not going to be able to replicate it get the same results you know in the the same way and we need more of that sort of uh replication attempt you know yeah Uh, and the sort of methodologically savvy approach to science in general you know, statistical yeah, under, yeah. Yeah, understanding of statistics understanding of things like pre-registration and, yeah. and you know adjusting for yeah it's weird because there's so much interest in sport i mean i don't have any interest in sport as you know but like the, mm. the, like there's so much interest in sport generally in society you know newspapers the whole back section is about sport there's a sports program on the news every night you know like that like like people people love sport everywhere yeah, they do. and yet the science of sport seems to be very low quality and no one seems to be bothering about the, the you know, improving it in the same way that they've done in psychology. I mean, obviously lots of people are interested in psychology because it has implications for all sorts of stuff and sells lots of books hmm. to people and all that sort of stuff. Um, why is it that sports science has not got its act together uh, or well, yeah, you know, done anything good? It's, 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 a, it's a really interesting question. The only thing I will say is that you can, you know, like you were rightly saying earlier on, presumably this means in some sense money left on the table right if, if people are doing right. bad science uh, it means that people are then not optimizing their sports teams right. as, be- as well as they teams, can athletes out there who could who could be running faster rowing faster jumping mm. further whatever it is and be you know higher endurance whatever it is and mm. that's just not happening because they're you know they're busy relying on stuff like let's put a bit of tape on on my leg and uh, you know a yeah. tiny piece of tape and that's going to make a difference but obviously that's not but then like you look at well, the the analogy i was going to draw is you look at psychology um and again 20 years of absolute bulls in the in, yes. in, in in the research and more probably um and you know everyone gleefully citing all these things like the the you know the um 
Stanford prison experiment and all these things that just yeah. turned out to be nonsense. Yeah. And, and but then also like big business using it in, you know, subliminal advertising techniques and um uh business you know various ideas of like priming and things in in uh, well, mainly in advertising, I guess, and all this sort of all this sort of stuff. There, that was these these things filtered their way into business, but are based on nothing. So uh, it is, you know, the the sort of evolutionary effect of business of capitalism on win- winnowing out ineffective techniques isn't is not that strong a selection pressure. If you uh, if you if you allowed me to stretch the metaphor, you know, like, so <laughs> these things do, these things do carry on. Um, so they can survive for quite a long time on a sort of the- a, a theoretical basis yeah without being without anyone noticing wait we're just wasting money here i think that, yeah. that seems to be the impression i get from psychology. that's it that seems like as good an explanation as 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 any to me like that's that's mm. yeah that seems like that seems like it makes a lot of sense and and that's yeah that's maybe starting to change a little bit with these new you know movements so. in sports science and stuff we really you know that would be nice to have more of that stuff I, I hope people in sports science are kind of catching on that actually yeah there are these kind of replication movements blah 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 hmm. so um yeah. I, I mean well, who knows? It, it caught on to some extent in psychology but uh and, and things are changing a little bit but uh yeah as you say who knows it's it's very difficult uh in, in, you know in 10 years to come back in 10 years time and we'll see if we have like reliable high quality studies in a lot of these areas and we've actually resolved these questions whereas at the moment we've got these like we just don't know like this this the stretching thing isn't it weird there's this there's this like thing that all athletes do all the time uh all the studies seem to point to we don't know if it even works and yet so we're just in this kind of uncertain situation again yeah, well, we just have to sort of actually maybe the sensible thing to do is believe the athletes because we haven't got any better evidence. Very, you know, that, that, yeah, yeah, which is very unsatisfying because the whole point of science, the whole point of it is to try and get out of uh, mm. just accepting people's anecdotes about stuff. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we end up, uh, we're, we're in a somewhat analogous situation to, to saying like, well, we're just going to have to trust that homeopathy works because we haven't got any evidence. To, we, right, we don't right, trust either way. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. you know. um, who will be the Brian Nozick of sports science? That's the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I yeah, think yeah. I think Aaron Caldwell has a good, uh, has a good uh, um, uh, future good in that respect. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, more power to your elbow, Aaron. Um, yes, yes. All right, brilliant. Well, I, th- I think... Wow, we've actually going to keep this one to less than an hour. For the Good best. Lord. Well, we've had a couple of long ones recently, so uh, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. It's for yeah. the best. It's for the best. Yeah. All right, brilliant. <laughs> um, uh, all right, guys. Well, I hope that was interesting. I hope uh, yeah. we haven't screwed anything up too badly. Um, <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, yeah. don't forget to go to thestudyshowpod.com and subscribe. Uh, I think you actually, I think you have to put in www.thestudyshowpod.com because of some weird quirk of the URL uh, on, on yes. Substack. Um, so yeah, www.thestudyshowpod.com and we will see you in the next one. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.